0: here it is uh april 18th tuesday beautiful cold day in chicago it was 80 degrees a couple days ago now it's 35 it snowed yesterday again but i know things are turning green i'm driving down Lakeshore drive right now on my way to my first thing this morning and there are plants starting to pop out of the ground flowers it feels like spring, so sometimes it's kind of a roller coaster getting from winter into spring in Chicago. But uh, I'm sure it's going to be beautiful soon. Anyway, I was just uh, thinking about, so I thought I'd talk about it and put it into a podcast. Um, I have a, uh, as you probably heard, I say talk about it a lot, but I have a, uh, a membership called DrumMantra.com it's a place where pretty much professional drummers from around the world have kind of populated the membership of uh of com, and we do three practice sessions a week saturday sunday monday 1 p.m. central standard and we go over material that from from the four books that i've written um, and also exercises that I come up with. So we're working on this stuff and it's challenging. And we, we do it in a way where like we'll do an exercise that's it might be just one measure of, of, of something and we play it for two minutes or there might be a page with eight measures on it. And and we play it for, it takes like six and a half minutes to, to to play the page. So we have these certain structures of repetition. And the whole idea is to build muscle memory, get it in your body. So you don't have to think about it when you're playing music. You can just express yourself on a, on a deeper level, on a level of more comfort, more physically balanced on the, on the kit. Cause a lot of these exercises, because they are, are uh, challenging coordination wise between all four limbs. It, it, kind of helps you find your balance on the kit, like physically, because when the body's moving in so many different ways, you've really got to align your, find your center and really figure out how to align your body to to, uh, to play these things without leaning too hard onto any of the particular limbs or, or whatever, because you have to be able to move all parts of your body. And we've discovered, you know, something that I've known all along but it's starting to become part of the, part of the, uh, the belief system of the, of the practice is these exercises aren't necessarily things that you're going to pull out on the gig. They are more exercises to prepare your body and to deepen your understanding of how time works and how rhythm can function with different pulses underneath the, um, to inform your playing in a musical way when it's time to do so. And if it's not time to do so, then you aren't so unconscious that you just start jamming or putting in fills or doing all this stuff that, that isn't related to the actual emotional uh, intention of the music. And obviously there's lots of different kinds of music. I mean, you're playing you'd be playing a straight up pop country gig where you're doing basically the same thing every night. Maybe maybe doing different fills a little bit, but you know, in that music, once you find something that really feels good and sounds good, you just kinda end up sticking with it because everyone gets used to it and and there's no surprises for everybody and because, you know, it's more of a job. You're just you're going out and you're playing the show and 75 minutes later you're done and you don't have to think about it until the next day kind of thing. Or the opposite would be like, you know, doing a, a original instrumental, quote, jazz gig where everything that you're doing is based on improvisation and conversation. And in those cases... Those cases are almost more dangerous to go unconscious when you're playing in a weird way because you have, to, you have to transcend your desire to reach into your bag of tricks and pull out things that you've worked on. However, that's a little bit closer to being pure in your performance and your conversation. But the deepest level of it to me is when you are playing and responding in a way that always supports what's going on emotionally in the music. And what I've discovered is when people are really tuned in to their expression being relevant or related to their own emotional space and what they're giving. And, and i'm not talking about like you're going into a gig and you're sad so you're going to play a bunch of sad stuff or anything like that i'm just talking about like in the moment of improvisation people are having a conversation with with, uh, improvisation, there's a level of expression that feels authentic and genuine. And then there's a level of expression that feels like it's a bunch of licks and a bunch of chops. I like to live in the world of expression where you're interacting with each other, you're encouraging, you're supporting, and you're having a conversation and it's it feels a lot different than when you're, you know, you've got your particular licks and grooves and, and tricks that you want to throw in to something because you know, it will fit metronomically or whatever. So anyway, the idea of drum mantra is to get your body to understand certain things So when it is time to interact, be creative or expressive, that you're ready to do it and your body can do it and you can do it on a, on a level that is interesting and deeper than, uh, just a superficial concept of, of playing on top of something. But, you know, being able to kind of create some nice rhythmic landscapes using, coordination and knowledge of polymetric expression if need be if not need be you have trained your mind to be okay with that because when you're playing an exercise that lasts six minutes some of the exercises in drum mantra last 35 minutes we have a couple that are even longer and those are very very difficult because you have to stay concentrated the entire time you have to pay attention to the moment that you're in for six, 15, 20, 35 minutes, whatever. And so what that's doing is it's training you to have patience, to have focus, to have discipline. And those things, those are the things that to me are important on the bandstand, patience, discipline, awareness, very aware of everything that's going on. And the way to train yourself to become aware and to have focus and discipline is to play exercises that are designed to build that muscle in you. The awareness muscle, the discipline muscle, the patience muscle, all those things are things that You have to work on practice to develop a deeper level, a higher skill of that quality. So that is what the drum mantra is about. Now, what I wanted to talk about is what's been happening lately in our practice sessions. And you're welcome to come to these things. Uh, You can join the membership and you come to we do three practice sessions a week at this time. Um, that sometimes changes in the busy season. If 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 I'm suddenly you know back into playing six gigs a week, it gets a little hard to do all three practice sessions. But we've been we've been sticking with it for for a good amount of time right now. Um, we'll definitely always do two. Anyway, so we're on these these exercises, and some of them we've done in the past, and we're kind of revisiting them, especially things from the foundational series and primary series books. We've gone through the books and now we're going through them in with a creative process. So we might be doing an exercise and we finish the exercise and I say, did anyone add anything? Did anyone do any embellishments? You know, the exercise might be reading melodies with the with the hands and playing a polymetric relationship underneath it with the foot and then people are starting to add the other foot so like for instance if we're in well if we're in four four and you're playing absent structures with the hands reading melodies with your foot with your bass drum and then maybe playing quarter notes on the left foot or playing two and four with left foot when we're in three four time playing uh playing the melodies with your right foot, uh, accent structures with your hands, and then beats two and three, if you're in three, four, or playing the dotted eighth note with the left foot. So we're starting to expand the books, the exercises that are, that are literally written in the books. We're, we're expanding into uh, creative ideas. And the whole thing about the intention behind a creative idea is, If you're going to do it, do it the whole time. If it's something, if you have an idea and you want to try it, you have to try it for the entire duration of how long we're practicing that exercise. So if you want to practice dotted eighth notes in your left foot while reading melodies with your right foot and doing accents with your hands, you have to commit to that two or six minute long exercise, regardless of how many times you mess it up. So we're trying to intend and then commit in our practice. And I think the good thing about that is we have to venture into things that, venture into the unknown. So we, our imagination, our creativity says, oh man, I want to try, and, and our knowledge, our knowledge of the fact that you can play two and three on the hi-hat in three, four time while doing this other stuff or playing a dotted eighth note and it resolves every bar. Knowing that that is possible then puts it into your your bag of uh, potential abilities. So you say, oh, I know I know this. I'm going to use my, my brain and I know that I can play a dotted eighth note with my left foot. I know it's possible. I know mathematically it works. Now, can I do it? And the idea of all the drum mantra exercises is everything has a play along. And that's the secret to being, to staying on a page or staying on a measure for the amount of time that we do is because there's music that supports it the whole time. So you're playing along to music while you're practicing. And when you commit to a dotted eighth note with left foot or whatever you're doing with whatever limb that's new, that you've come up with the idea of wanting to, to try you have to sit on it and you work on it. And the group setting helps because you really are more focused than practicing on your own. I've found that it, it, uh, it helps even though you're not hearing the other people practice, just the fact that you're on, you know, everything's on a zoom call. So everyone's at their own houses or studios, but just, just that energy of like, we're working, we're all working. We're all really trying to focus and then we finish an exercise and we talk about it. How'd it go for you? What, what was the challenge? Were you able to get through it? Do you want to repeat it? Let's let's vote on repeating this exercise. And so it's a super productive environment that is now what I like about it is the, the the members are starting to take ownership of the exercises that originally were created by me, are now becoming uniquely theirs by virtue of what um, they decide to put into it. Um, one of the one of my guys, Jeffrey in New York, he likes to put embellishments on the snare drum, which are great and they're unique to him or or messing around with where his left foot is, especially if we're doing like 20th note stuff. So he's, he's really experimenting with the push and pull and the space of, of subdivisions between triplets and eighth notes and 16th notes and quintuplets. He's, he's kind of experimenting with meshing, meshing those things together and becoming a very, words a very fluid kind of a, kind of a feel. And, you know, I've got other people, Igor, who, who loves to play, if we're in 5-4, he likes to play his hi-hat in beat 2, 3, and 5. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 2, 3, 4, 5. Whereas I play beats 2, 4, and 5. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 1, 2. So we start to discover what our tendencies are and what we lean towards and what our inclinations are for our own creativity and what sort of makes sense to our own bodies. And it's great. It's, it's just been super helpful. Um, hearing and sharing the creative process with other people in real time during these practice sessions has been just so awesome. It gives me ideas. And the joke is anytime someone you know has an idea, the joke is, Oh, there's another book. Because you know, you, if you practice stuff, practice for any I mean you got to practice for a while before you start to realize this but it's so infinite practicing what am I going to practice what to practice you can you can make stuff up to the end of time to practice and one tweak laid on top of another of a series of exercises can literally become a whole new series of exercises so we always joke about, oh, there's another book. There's another book. And it's great. It's awesome to see that creativity coming out in people. But the really fun thing... Sorry, I'm trying to pay attention to where my exit is here. The thing that I think is just the, the greatest about the whole thing is... is the commitment to doing it, the commitment to practice. It is not what you practice. It's how you practice. Now, if, if what you practice is also well constructed and intentional on covering certain aspects of your playing, then all the better. Then you're working on stuff that, that is, you know, deep and relevant to the art of you know mastering the body movement and understanding of deeper concepts. But it's the how. And the how has to do with your attention, your your concentration, your intention, and the ability to play something for long enough to b- develop muscle memory. So, you know, how long do you need to play an exercise before your body starts to understand how that exercise works? And the answer to that is it's different for everybody. You may your your body, like I have a student who is very fast at picking up pretty complex coordination things with their feet and being able to, to move pretty freely with the hands on top of complex foot coordination and he can do it pretty well and pretty fast and it just it just it happens to be that his body understands that quicker than others so it's a it's a great place where he can develop Um, and that that leads you down a path of things that are related to that with you know foot independence underneath, hand independence. Those kinds of things are where he likes to focus stuff. Um, but it's really about building a practice. The, pra- the When you're practicing drums, it's training you to do certain things, not just to play drums. It's training you to be Focused and aware and all these words I've, I've already used. And and it also trains you to be focused and aware when you're doing something else in life. So you know you're you're making dinner and you're focusing on it more than normal because it's a practice, also. So when you're practicing something that's not on the drums, you can practice anytime time, it doesn't have to be drums. You're practicing to train yourself, to train your mind to stay attentive, to stay in the moment, to stay ready and open to, to whatever arises. And when you practice that in the kitchen, then it translates into your playing when you're on the drums. And it all starts to help each other by cross-training. No matter what you're doing, you have the opportunity to train some aspect of yourself which carries over into all other disciplines that you partake in. Hopefully that makes sense. Okay, thank you. And I am actually at my gig. So I'm going to sign off. I hope uh, I hope something I said is helpful, and I hope you have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to the Drum Mantra Podcast. Your time and attention is much appreciated. I would love it if you went to the iTunes store and left a rating, and please share this with anybody that you think would like to go deeper with their practice. Take care.